Hello, friends. Happy St. Patrick's Day. If you're watching the video, you might be a little confused. I do not have my spectacles on because I am wearing contacts. My, my spectacles are stuck to my eyeballs. If this visage uh, disturbs you, I am sorry. But this is how I look when I don't have glasses on. And this is how I look when I played squash earlier today and I'm playing hockey tonight. I tend not to wear glasses. Toronto Beer Podcast friends, you're used to me at the end of the night, and what you're getting right now is me in the early evening. I digress. It is March 17th. This is an important date. This is an important date because, for one, 25 years ago to the day is when me and my darling wife officially started dating. It was our dating anniversary. I've been dating my wife for 25 years. We don't go on dates as much as we used to, if I'm honest. But I am still over the moon about her. I'm absolutely crazy about that wonderful woman. Also, of course, to most people, March 17th is St. Patrick's Day, and that's a big day to go out and drink a lot of beer, ideally Guinness, and uh, pretend like you're Irish. Now, you'll note if you're watching the video, I'm currently wearing a football top. This, incidentally, is the football top of Ulster, Northern Ireland, in uh, football or soccer, if you prefer, association football, if you want to be very specific. <clears throat> Sadly, Ireland still plays as a divided island, whereas in rugby, uh, whether you're from the north or the south, you all play for Ireland, which I think is one of the most delightful parts of rugby, but we're not here to talk about rugby. And in fact... We're not here to talk about beer. We're here to talk about saints. But to talk about saints, I did bring this beer with me. This, of course, is a tall boy with a widget of Nitro Guinness. We don't even say the Nitro anymore. We just say it's Guinness. But I assure you, the gas in this is not carbon dioxide. I'm going to open it. Oh, yeah. Pour it for the kids at home. You'll note, this isn't just a Guinness pint glass. This was stolen by hand from a bar in Ireland. I used to have a bunch. They keep breaking. Now I only have a few. Now the thing with Guinness, I started pouring it angled, and I finish by just slamming it down the pike. And of course with Guinness, you get that beautiful Guinness Cascade. Oh, I could watch that all day. If you're listening to this podcast, I am sorry. It is a visual delight. By the way, if you heard that, I set the can down, it rocked. Anyway, not here to talk about beer. Not here to talk about my amazing North Star of a wife. No, we're here to talk about saints. And specifically, saints in Ireland. Now I know it is St. Patrick's Day, March the 17th which means by my calculations, we missed the good celebration of a Irish saint by 12 days because March 5th marks the patronal festival of St. Kieran or Karen. I can't quite do the Gaelic. I'm just going to call him St. Kieran because I'm a North American English speaking fellow, St. Kieran, who was the First, arguably, depending on the hagiography you uh, adhere to, uh, saint of, of Ireland. 
I'm going to fill you in a little bit more about what we kind of know or think we know about him. But first, I'm going to have a sip of this Guinness. If there is a better stout out there, well, there are probably better ones, but if there's a stout I would rather have out there, I wouldn't rather have it. I want to have that one. For the sake of the exercise today, I have brought along a children's book. I'm trying to get it on both cameras. This is going to be really hard to do. The good news is if you're listening to the podcast, you will not know whether or not the uh, children's book is in frame. But I'm going to be trying to watch... Actually, you know what I can do? It would help if I move this window over to there. And maybe even if I move this camera. Oh, did I get greedy? No, I think we can do this. I think that's good right there. This is St. Kieran, the tale of a saint of Ireland. My mother gave us this book when my son was just a baby. Gave him the book, if I'm honest. And you'll know that because she dedicated it. And the dedication reads, by the way, there might be points in this story where I tear up. Apologies in advance. Dear Ben, it's happening already. Someday you and daddy and mommy will read this book together. They will tell you how they love Ireland. And you will love it too. Love Grandma, December 2008. St. Kieran, the tale of a saint of Ireland. This is the, uh, the equivalent of the, uh, the dedication page. This story is a true story, which is to say it is as true as any story ought to be. When the folks who live near Saghir hear this tale, they smile a smile and remember. They remember the well. They remember the fox stopping a moment on dainty paws to sniff at the stones, or the doe stepping soundlessly through the bracken, her nose to the night air or in the wilderness, darkness beyond, the unblinking yellow eyes of the wolf. And they hear the wind that breathes over the well, murmuring a name, Kieran. Turning pages this way is much harder than it looks. My apologies. Kieran's mother, Lyadane, knew that her child was to be no ordinary child. Once, walking beneath the sliver of the moon hooked in the sky, she saw a star fall, sparkling. She watched. It did not disappear, but streaked down brighter and brighter and brighter, until, when she gasped, it flew into her mouth. She felt the hot glow inside her and she knew that the star's light would spread over all of Dark Ireland. 
Lydane birthed her son Kieran on a day when the sunlight mixed itself with the waves shattering against the black rocks of the Isle of Clear. He was as sweet a baby sorry, he was as sweet as a baby can be, and as the years trod upon one and the other, he grew sweeter still. His words were as soft as the green light of a dell, his thoughts as clear as the springs of Corca Lagdai, his hands as gentle as the breezes that drew across the island. He spent his days on the shoreline, looking eastward, though he did not know what drew his eyes there. The animals of Clear trusted Kieran. Even the badger would let him stroke his sleek sides, and the buck would stoop so that Kieran might run his hands along his branching antlers. One bright day, a hawk stretched out his talons from the sky and gripped a tersal dove brooding on her nest. Kieran cried out for all love, but the hawk pumped its wings and with a screech flew skyward. Kieran's tears fell to the sand. He held his hands upward and prayed to a god whose name had never been heard in Ireland. And the hawk turned. It followed the sea breezes back and with fierce eyes softened. Gently lay the tersel at his feet. Kieran cupped the bird into his hands, folded her wings neatly to her sides, and looked into her eyes. Laying her back on the nest, he turned to stroke the head of the waiting hawk. Forever after that day of the world, Kieran prayed to the god whose name he did not know. And not a day went by without a wonder coming to him. He passed a blackberry thicket in midwinter, and berries sprouted into bright reds, then darkened into ripe purples. His feet warmed icy streams, and salmon swam quietly to his hands when he was hungry. At his touch, fire came from rocks, and springs he blessed tasted of wine and honey. Put a pin in that one, kids. We're going to talk about it. But still, Kieran's eyes looked to the east, and his heart longed for the name of God. And so, one spring dawn, when the winter storms had passed, Lydon stood on the shore and watched Kieran wade into the misty sea, his coracle headed to the sun. On the mainland, he found passage with a wine merchant, and soon he stood on the prow, parting the foam, salt on his lips, wind weeping his eyes, face always to the east. They bucked through the choppy waves near the great Gibraltar cliffs, sailed by the parched wastes of North Africa, past the mountains where Atlas stood holding the sky on his shoulders, and huddled beneath the smoldering mountains of Vesuvius. And then they came to Rome. Rome. It rose mountain upon mountain, higher and higher into the sun. When Kieran entered the city, great bells tolled golden notes. He rushed to the closest church, the first he had ever entered, 
and the priest was waiting there to baptize him in the name of God. On the Isle of Clear, Kieran had found God in the forests and along the shore. Now he found God in the churches. He found God in the Psalms he chanted in monastic halls. And he found God in the streets of Rome, where his gentle hand reached warm and healing. But a day came when Kieran yearned for the sea breezes of Clear. And on that day he met Patrick whose eye was as fierce as a hawk's, whose voice was as gentle as a tersal dove's. I myself will come to Ireland one day, said Patrick, but you are to go ahead with the name of God in your heart. Kieran nodded, his heart quick and glad. And where in Ireland am I to go? The flowing spring of Saghir, its water is as deep as, sorry, its water is as clear as clear, as cold as cold, as deep as deep. There you will speak God's name. And how is it that I'm to know this spring? Patrick handed Kieran a silent bell. Until you find Saghir, you'll not hear a sound from it, but at the spring, and here Patrick smiled. It will chime like an angel himself at the ringing. I need a quick sip of Guinness. So Kieran's eye turned back to the west, his heart carrying the name of God all the while. Through the currents of the Middle Sea, through the stormy channel of Britain, through the trek into Ireland's forests, the bell was silent. Then on a wooded hillside, where he could see as far north into Ireland as he could see south, Kieran found a spring that gushed clear and cold and deep. The bell began to ring with the sweetest tones. Kieran knelt down to the spring, cupped his hands into it, and drank. Here, he would build his hermitage. The next morning, he began clearing the land for his cell. One by one, he cut down the aspens, watching their leafy falls. When Kieran came to an oak that sank its roots further down than he could ever hope to dig, Kieran looked into the woods and his eyes met with the boars. Slowly, timidly, the boar came into the sunlight. Slowly, timidly, he crossed the clearing. Crouched low, he reached his bristly snout towards Kieran's outstretched palm. Kieran scratched him under the chin, and the boar closed his eyes with the pleasure of it. Then, with fierce grunts and roars, the boar dug up the oak. Kieran was never alone after that first day. The bell rang every sweet dawning, and Kieran would wake to find the boar already at work, furrowing the garden with his tusks. With rocks, the boar rooted up trees he felled, and mud daubs from the field, Kieran built his hermitage. 
He began to pray and sing psalms to the God whose name had never been heard before in Ireland. Every dawning, every noontime, every evening, he would kneel and sing. All the while, the boar watched carefully, and when he had finished, Kieran scratched him under the chin. Brother boar, faithful friend. They were not alone for long. When Kieran went to fetch the day's water one morning, he found a doe standing quietly by the spring, her ears up and forward, the white tail high, her black eyes unblinking. Beside her stood a gray wolf, his ears lolling, his tail low but wagging. From behind him, the square snout of a badger looked out, and frisking behind them all, a fox. Kieran set, set his buckets down on the ground. Sorry, we're having a minor technical issue here. <laughs> My mouse lately has been causing me no small world of hurt. Let's just put it over here on this screen. We'll start again from here. Kieran sent his set his buckets down on the ground. He held his palms out. The doe stepped lightly to him. The wolf bounded and gambled and whisked his tail in the air. The badger paraded solemnly, and the fox burst from the woods, leapt the stream, and rushed to Kieran, his tongue hanging from his mouth. So, Kieran said to them all, I had thought the good Lord made me to be a hermit, but I'm not to be lonely after all. In time, they all came to know their place. After morning prayers, the boar tilled the garden. The doe and badger brought in brushwood, and the wolf dragged fallen trees for firewood. The fox chose the stones for the well Kieran built around the spring, but mostly he rushed about from chore to chore, helping out where he wasn't needed, and glad to do it. But the wolf still dreamed of hunting herds at night. The boar and badger remembered their fierce and lovely battles, and the fox grew hungry for the taste of meat in his mouth. One dawn, the fox stole away with Kieran's leather sandals, gnawing on them deep within the forest. The wolf brought him back, and he came in with his head held low, a shy grin across his face. When he lifted a paw to Kieran's hand, Kieran could not be harsh. Well, he said, Perhaps our Lord meant us to walk the earth in bare feet. Folks who lived by Sagir heard of the animals and came to watch their prayers. When they saw the animals kneel, they began to kneel with them. When they heard Kieran sing psalms to the name of God, they began to sing with them. And when they saw them all at tasks they did with joy, folks returned home with new hope. Kieran built a church, crafting a niche by the altar for the bell. Some who came to watch came to stay, and he built a lodge for them. A monastery grew up beside the well of Sagir, and every dawning and every noontime and every evening, when Kieran and the animals knelt down, more and more folk knelt down with them. 
Soon so many gathered that they began to ask, How shall we all eat? Kieran smiled and pointed to the garden. Rows of brown barley, bronze wheat, and golden oats rose higher and fuller than any of all than any in all of Ireland. Watch the wind blow through them, said Karen, and you'll be seeing the breath of God. But what of our clothing, they asked. Winter draws near. Kieran pointed to the woods. A flock of sheep trotted towards them. As Kieran grew old, he spent more time alone with his animals, praying. Sometimes his monks would leave him deep in prayer and hear later that he had given communion in Ras Banagher, three days' journey, or that he'd been seen at prayer on Kunish's Rock, far off the coast. But his, his monks never saw him go. When Karen knew that his last days were come, he called his monks to him. God has granted me three prayers, he said to them. We have only one prayer, they answered. But Kieran waved that away. I ask that there be grace and devotion in Sagir. I ask that all my monks see the gates of heaven. And I asked that all of Ireland come to know God's name. They all wept, even the wolf who dreamed no longer of anything but Kieran. That evening, Kieran rose and went into the monastery church. His animals stayed behind him at the door, holding back the monks. Some said afterwards that Kieran lit a candle. Others said that light came suddenly from all around the church. But all saw a star streak away from the monastery, back to its bed in the heavens. When the monks took their eyes from following it, they saw that the animals had disappeared, that the bell had fallen with no sound from its niche by the altar, and that Kieran was gone from them. Over time, stones fell from their mortared places and birches sprang up in the gardens. Memory faded. But some still remember and tell the story. And some still watch, hoping for a sight of the faithful animals on a summer's evening by Kieran's well at Sagir. That calls for more Guinness. Now, friends, here's the thing. 
that is a story about colonialism, unfortunately. Uh, stories like that tend to be written by the Europeans for whom their purposes serve. And there is... I was going to say no doubt about the existence of St. Kieran. I mean, there's, I think, four hagiographies that mention him. It seems likely that uh, that person existed. The history is a little unclear uh, whether or not he went to Rome. It's certainly mentioned in a few of the hagiographies, but uh, I don't believe there's any Roman documents that ever mention his existence. It's not out of the question. It's also mm, probably improbable. And if probably improbable isn't the funniest thing you've heard today, uh, you're having a better St. Patty's Day than most. <laughs> but here's why I love that story. I mean, I love it for multiple reasons. My mother gave it to us to read to our kids because we love Ireland, and that's... Uh, kind of lovely, but there are a few other things that are worth mentioning. One, and, and it's right there in the story, uh, right across the pages, uh, Kieran predominantly liked animals. <laughs> he His first disciples in every hagiography are animals. They're not people. Uh, he didn't go to villages and try and get people to convert to the thing that he was game with. He went to be alone and animals hung out with him and he loved animals and people in the area were like, Oh, what's up with this guy who likes animals? Let's go check him out. That's the way his story goes. It's a, it's an interesting kind of approach. Uh, and, uh, I think it's, I mean, yeah, who knows? His story apparently was around 400 AD, 500 AD. Uh, kind of hard to tell whether or not that really was the reality, but that's the story we're given. Uh, a man whose main thing was he liked hanging out with animals, and when people learned that, they were like, oh, that's an interesting fellow. Maybe we should hang out with him, too. Much more importantly, uh, for the sake of this podcast and for the type of people who I hope listen to this podcast, are two of his miracles... Uh, one of which is, I mean, not silly. I don't want to downplay a guy's miracles. Like, the guy was a saint, and, you know, he had some miracles. But, you remember in the story when it said that the well that he he established uh, tasted of honey or wine to people who drank of it? Well, the actual miracle is that not only did it taste of honey or wine, in this context, when they say honey, they're talking about mead. The, the alcoholic beverage or wine, the alcoholic beverage. And when they say tasted of what they mean is the people drank from his well and they got drunk. He was giving them alcohol from a well in the ground, which let's be honest, that's pretty amazing. Like if for nothing else, saint the guy for that. He found a well that had some sort of alcoholic beverage flowing from it. That's fantastic. The other thing that's uh, uh, much more difficult to deal with if you're a Catholic uh, and much more uh, prescient to the moment and also 
much less silly is that one of the other things that uh, were acknowledged, so when you become canonized, which is to say the Catholic Church or whatever church, but in this context of the Catholic Church, uh, recognizes you as a saint, one of the things is there has to be miracles ascribed to you, which is to say that you've performed some miracles. And so uh, Kieran, some of them were that when he was a kid and the dove got nicked by the hawk, although in some stories it's a kite, whatever. Uh, not a kite like that you fly, but like the bird, the kite, it's a, a raptor. Uh, that was like his first miracle was that uh, he called the the bird of prey back and it deposited a bird, a dove near death. And Kieran took it in his hands and healed it and put it back on its nest. So, you know, that's a, that's a lovely story. Uh, in its own telling, he was the only person there. So who knows? But, you know, he's a kid. Kids don't lie about things, do they? Uh, Another one of his miracles was the beer well. Uh, although I note not beer, meat or wine. Probably didn't taste like Guinness, sadly. Uh, but one of the other miracles was that at the, his, his time, in his time, uh, he was a very early Christian uh, monk in, in Ireland, but he lived for a fairly extended period of time, and more Christian monks and and faithful arrived in Ireland. Uh, funny enough, n not really to do with him. He kind of was there and then they also came. That's sort of alluded to in the story that like Patrick was sending people. There's something known as the 12 apostles of Ireland. Uh, this Kieran, this is Kieran of Sag here. He's Kieran the elder was arguably the first of what's known as the 12 apostles of Ireland. Uh, there's another Kieran. He was like the seventh or something. He's called Kieran the younger. Um, but a lot of people were coming to, well, religiously colonize Ireland and, and nationalistically too, uh, although from different places. And Kieran himself, of course, uh, was not colonizing. He was from the island. Uh, but one of the other faithful, uh, a woman who was identified as a nun, um, was raped and impregnated. And one of Kieran's miracles was he prayed that that basically she would have not an abortion in a medical sense, but an abortion. The baby died the, or the, the, her, her pregnancy was terminated. Uh, <laughs> that's one of his miracles. That's one of the things that the Catholic church recognized him for. And they go through a lot of like, and I say they, I'm talking about they back then, um, went through a lot of mental gymnastics. <laughs> and, and to be fair at the time when they, canonized him like I think abortion wasn't that big a deal it was like yeah it's a thing that happens like uh, but basically their argument was he was doing it to uh, maintain her honor because a nun who had a baby that's problematic because that's clearly a nun who's had sex and there's all this stuff that goes with it and at the time like rape didn't come into the question it should have, but it didn't. Uh, but one of Kieran's miracles, this guy right here on this book page, one of his miracles was he prayed for the termination of a pregnancy. Uh, he, he prayed for the termination of an unwanted pregnancy. That was the first saint in Ireland. That's what he did. He did other things too, but that's one of the things that they canonized him for. He prayed and succeeded, successfully prayed 
for the termination of an unwanted pregnancy. So that's the story I want to leave you with here on St. Patrick's Day. A man who may or may not have met St. Patrick before he was a saint, obviously. You don't get to be a saint till you're dead. Uh, incidentally, Patrick's name was like Merwin Sickpit or something weird like that. Anyway, met him ostensibly in the hagiographies. But more importantly, was a lover of animals, was a solitary guy, and became sainted, among other things, for praying for the termination of an unwanted pregnancy. So that's my St. Patrick's Day story for you all. I hope wherever you are, you're having a bit of beer, ideally a Guinness or whatever. Uh, and yeah, little surprise app, out of order, nothing fun. I'm not going to review this. It's a Guinness. It tastes exactly the way it should. And uh, I hope wherever you are, you're safe, having fun, and you have a great night. Bye.